Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey, Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? Awesome. Football is back. I mean, even if you don't have a college team... Man, those games were sick last night. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for Saturday. While Alabama is always ducking their <laughs> a hard opponent in the first week, Georgia welcomes Oregon, and Ohio State welcomes Notre Dame. So that should be very fun. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm very excited. Can't wait. Oh, man. And by the way, like, you know, we're hanging out yesterday, and Cleveland wasn't even a part of it. We have a text exchange, a show text exchange, and it blew up because of the news that we're going to lead with today. So with that said, let's get to today's headlines. Brought to you by Circus Sports, Circus Millions, and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. Well, as Arash said earlier... Two seconds ago, actually. The Cleveland <laughs> Cavaliers have made a huge splash with their trade for Donovan Mitchell. The Cavs sent uh, Colin Sexton, Lori uh, American, and uh, um, Achaya Abaji. Uh, three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps for Mitchell. Are the Cleveland Cavaliers guys legitimate contenders now? If not this year, could you see this uh, Cavs group actually win a championship at some point with this one? 100%. I mean, this this totally changes the face of the franchise. I mean, that being said, I mean, you're really basically saying that this move makes us a championship contender because if not, three first round picks, two pick swaps. I mean, this is a blockbuster deal, a massive deal, but you are getting a superstar player. And so I think if you're Cleveland and you felt you were a Mitchell away from contending, and I think that they kind of are. I think that if they're not in contention this year, I think that this puts them in contention for the next couple of years. Um, You know, like as I look at the the conference, I'm still going to side with Milwaukee. Cleveland's in that top four right now, though. No question about it. Okay, but okay. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts about Cleveland versus Milwaukee, Boston, sure. Sure. What about Philadelphia, Miami? I think it puts them in that conversation. You know, what I want to see is how Donovan Mitchell fits in with that team. But I mean, he's a superstar player. I mean, he's the. I mean, this is why New York had to go all in. And by the way, I think, and, and you touched on it. Like, I think if I'm the GM of the Cavs, I mean, the Knicks had a very good offer. And I think you could make the the, the argument the best offer. And I think if you're the Knicks, you're like, give up that that, that extra first-round pick. Because this is not a Russell Westbrook situation where you just want to, like, re- remove a player. If you have a chance to get a superstar player that can change the course of your franchise, you have to make that move. 
I, 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 I disagree completely. Only because the Knicks, like RJ Barrett, has gotten better every single year. He's their franchise player. He's 22 years old, and if you trade him for Donovan Mitchell, then you have two six-one and under guards who can't play defense to save their life. They can't guard a parked car. And yes, Mitchell's amazing offensively. He's a superstar offensively, but he doesn't fit with Tom Thibodeau's system. So they wanted to. But keep Brandon, him. regardless of if you agree or not, they were they. He they was did a, give they, the, they yeah, give they, up. They so, offered him. They offered I mean, this him. really came down to I don't even know what it was like one extra yeah. first round yeah, pick the or a pick a better, the Knicks had a better team I mean, a better so offer for sure at that point if they were willing to include Barrett or Ross you're right they should have included the extra pick yeah. right because I, I think that would have made that, that would have appeased the fan base at the same time we have to remember that they had a better offer than their last offer in yeah. July and the Jazz denied it it was Mitchell Robinson RJ Barrett Obi Toppin and three That's not two first round picks so the Jazz took an L that's what uh, I think, this, right? Yeah. In this situation. The Jazz took an L, but I agree with Brandon. The Knicks dodged a bullet. Yeah, I agree. No, I mean, so that's the good point. Barrett's going to be a superstar. The Knicks, they made the offer. And maybe at the end of the day, the Jazz saved them. Maybe at yeah, the, the end Jazz of the day. Saved yeah, the Jazz saved them. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. I mean, like, think about the stars that you have just in R.J. Barrett. Just in R.J. Barrett. Let's not even talk about the rest. Justin yeah, R.J. Yeah. Barrett, like Brandon said, he's getting better yeah. every single year, and I know I'm a little biased because I'm a huge Duke no, fan. but they didn't but even make, give him the ball enough. Like absolutely. he's one of the best playmakers in the league. They don't even give him the ball, and the statistics prove it. He's number one in shot creation, number top five in creating for other people. Yet they put the ball in other guys' hands instead of him, and Thibodeau doesn't use him, which is why this is a a, a, a hot take. But I think Thibs should be fired. I think they need a coach that can really coach both ends of the floor. I mean, he's only been defense. there for a year. <laughs> no, but he's not. He's really stunting the development of the young players. I mean, in in normal Knicks fashion, that doesn't really shock me. Right, that yeah. would happen, to be honest with you, with just that organization. Yeah, just a one-year deal for him. But and like, done, if you're the but- Knicks, like, I, I take it back to Shark Tank, and I love Shark Tank. And, you know, sometimes they, um, a, um, a um, entrepreneur is up there, and they let a deal die over, like, 2.5% or 2%. It's like, no, if you really want to make this deal, like, like you're, you're not going to regret that 2%. Now, a first-round pick is a very big deal, but if you really believe that Donovan Mitchell is the guy to get you over the hump, and I don't think he is, by the way, but I'm just saying, if you believe that, like, throw in that, like, extra pick or that pick swap or or something. Don't let a deal die at that point. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that maybe you're right, Arash, that that Utah or uh, Cleveland or the Knicks were like, you know what? It's 1%, so I'm gonna gonna save that 2.5%, or I'm gonna save that that, um, timeshare thing or whatever that I have, um, to not get this player. And I think oh. a lot of it was the Knicks thought that they were bidding against themselves. I think yeah. we all yeah. thought that they were bidding against themselves. You know, the Miami offer was what it was, but Miami didn't have the draft capital. What a secret, though. I mean, like, Cleveland yeah. did such a good job. I mean, I mean, it, it, it was a little bit like the, the, the Paul George Clippers move. Remember, like, I mean, like, everyone's talking about, like, where Ka- Kawhi's going to go. And out of nowhere, it was that Paul George blockbuster to the Clippers. I mean, it is very hard yeah. to keep a secret, you know? Good. I, I, I mean, also, we talked about where do the Cavs rank, right? Like, is Philly, is Miami better? I think they rank third. I would put them ahead of Philly and, and Miami. I think Miami's getting older they're getting worse i know they're well coached and they'll still you know grit and grind their way to maybe an eastern conference finals appearance and definitely the second round but if we're talking pure talent and i mean the Cavs, i thought they were going to take a memphis grizzlies type of ascension in the win total this year anyways and now they added, added donovan mitchell my only issue with this is not only the chemistry which i think rush mentioned earlier injuries right yeah. this is why we didn't see cleveland do as well 
last season is because of injuries, right? So yeah, those I, were freak injuries. Absolutely, but again, once you get injured, you get it's easier for you to get injured again. I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but I'm that that's just a concern of mine. It's always a concern, I think, of any fan. I agree with you, Brandon. I think they're the third best team in yep. the East as well. And remember, before this trade even happened, before we had any idea about Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland was saying, remember those quotes like a month back or two months yeah, back? Yeah, we're going to the Eastern, Eastern Conference, Conference Finals. <laughs> and now I think they probably they probably can. They, they probably can make do. it to the finals. They can make it to the finals. This really puts them as a serious championship contender. And the thing is, and we haven't even mentioned his name, and I'm surprised that you haven't mentioned uh, his name, Evan Mobley. Who's going to take oh, a yeah, huge USC. leap. He's going to take a huge <laughs> This is not about Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Evan Mobley is the franchise's future. And He's going to be an all-star this season. You make Donovan Mitchell, by the way, personally, I think Darius Garland has upside to be the second best player on this Cavs team long, long term. Yeah. So if you make Donovan Mitchell the second or third guy on a team, not the Batman, now as a Robin, that is a serious team that can win a championship. And I know it was mentioned in the headline in the next five years. Yeah, I do think that they're going to compete for a title. and I do think that they're going to get one. And think about it this way. The Cleveland Cavaliers, have they ever in their franchise's history been relevant without LeBron no, James? It's the first time ever. First time. And they were relevant without the Mitchell trade. Like they were going to have a good team without the Mitchell trade, right? So now they're even better. And everyone's talking about, oh, Philly's better. Like James Harden always chokes in the playoffs. You know, like I don't trust Phil in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I. I, I guess moving on, moving on from this, I, I agree with you guys as far as Evan Mobley and how much of a, a how much of an influence he's going to be. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I still think he needs another year well, or, we, or two. We talked, <laughs> but about, I don't know. Yeah, we talked about this on the car ride over, and I'm curious to hear what you guys think because I think I know what me and Brandon think about Mobley. But you know. There's people that think he's the next Tim Duncan, that type yeah. of transcendent Grant player. thinks that. Grant thinks that. I, I I don't think he's too far away. I think Evan Mobley is going to be a sure thing Hall of Famer. Me like, too. Wow. The, the, the maturity and poise he shows as a 21-year-old is insane. His right. passing is elite. He's like a Sabonis type with passing. Yeah. He's already one of the top five best shot blockers in the league. He and he the can score it well. To the Elite Eight. <laughs> by himself. <laughs> by himself. <laughs> by himself. And he got his well, brother his into brother, the NBA. His, his brother was his, pretty good. His brother not really. Not he got him to the NBA. No, okay. Let's, let's stop right there. His brother, his brother is real. His brother is pretty good. His brother is okay. He's 6'10 with a jumper and he can block shots. I, I'm just saying like... He, for you to say that his brother got him into the NBA, I think he got himself in the NBA. I disagree. His what brother you, definitely oh got him God. in the NBA. Okay. What do you guys think about Mobley? I love Which Mobley. Which one? No, I love upside wise. So listen, like upside wise, I was like he has the, the uh, chance to be. I mean, you you're saying Hall of Fame, and I think that that's fantastic. I mean, I I, I am a big USC homer. He's still not going to be the best player in his draft though. Who's that? Or who's Cade. It? Okay, not yeah. even close. Yeah. No, I'm I'm very high on him, but I I again I got to be honest, I don't watch a ton of Cavs games, so I I knew, I knew he was playing <laughs> yeah. well, I knew he was doing well, but to hear you guys who watch the, the league and consume the, the, the league and have the league pass and all that saying that he is potentially a future Hall of Famer, that that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you you know you're a fan when you have league pass. Anyways, um, moving on, what um, wanted to know again as second highlight, what does the Mitchell trade mean for the New York Knicks, who reportedly made a final offer? of R.J. Barrett's manual quickly and two unprotected first round picks for Mitchell. A lot of folks took to social media to poke fun of the Knicks for missing out on Donovan Mitchell. How big of a swing and a miss was this for New York? And if you're the Cavs, would you have made the deal for the Knicks offer of Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, 
RJ Barrett and three unprotected first round picks? Well, I would not. That was the best deal to make. And so I don't know whether they didn't want to make the deal with New York, whether they, they, they could have had more, but that was the deal to make. So they lost there. You guys touched on it at the same time. If you believe that RJ Barrett will be the guy, and I think we I all agree think that he, he could be, be the yeah. New York Knicks dodged a bullet. So that's what you guys are saying. I... The problem with New York is this perception, and it continues today, that he, they want this big-name player. They can't get that big-name player. It happened with the Lakers for a number of years. You have to remember, even when Kobe was there, I mean, they wanted to get LaMarcus Aldridge. They wanted to get Carmelo. I mean, they Marcus wanted Aldridge to get— Marcus Aldridge, he didn't even take a meeting with them, did he? Yeah, it was, it was really to the that point where it was like they weren't even talked about. So the Knicks are now there. Uh, so listen, I agree with you guys. I, I think in, in the long run— that not make it that that deal is good for them but once again it, it it's this perception They're, that nobody exactly. wants to go there they can't get their and they're guy. superstar deprived yeah. right so i think the fan base really wanted that guy who's from new york and would play in his hometown but i think long term they dodged a bullet for sure mm-hmm. the optics of it were really bad but yeah they, i mean if you add mitchell to any team it probably is not going to move the needle. The only reason why it moves the needle in Cleveland, Mitchell's defense is really bad. You yeah, put him really bad. He can't guard a park car. You put him next <laughs> to Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. All right, now we can make it work. You put him in New York with Julius Randle and whoever's playing center. It well, would have oh, been. They, oh, oh, Mitchell Robinson's an elite defender. But if they were, were they going to trade him in that no. deal? They weren't. Okay, so if they were, if you're talking about yeah, the no, previous... In, in the first deal, the, they were going to. In the first deal, it would have made their defense pretty bad. And now in the second deal, okay, they keep Mitchell Robinson. But still, it's like a Brunson-Mitchell defensive backcourt. It would have been a disaster. And then in a few months from now, when the season starts, Knicks fans would have done the whole, oh, why did we do this trade? This uh. is classic Knicks. And this is what I don't like about fandom in big cities like that. Because big markets, Golden State... How were they built? Through the draft. Primarily through the draft. Be patient. Allow your front office to do its thing. And just settle down a little bit. Because they have not a really... It's not the best young core, but they have R.J. Barrett, they have Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, guys like that, and now they have their first-round picks yeah. for the future. Armand, so- I love how you are, it's your generation that's like now, 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 and you're the only one, and I applaud you for this. Only you're one? The- I'm patient, too. Uh, uh, really? Are yes, you? I just He's said, been with I his said girlfriend this for six years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm very patient. I, I'm just. I play the long game. Westbrook should come That's back right. if we don't have the heel oh, Turner trade. Oh, we'll get into. That. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, and, but 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 no, I I think so many so many teams and so many fans lose sight of hey look it's it's gonna take some time for you know teams to develop it's going to take some time for these people to be able to meld and mesh well t- together right it just doesn't happen overnight. And yeah. remember, R.J. Barrett is the first New York Knicks first-round draft pick to, get an extension. to sign an extension, extension. Yep. since 30 years. 1999. Oh, 20 years. This franchise has been drafting incompetently for that long, and now they finally have a guy who's willing to stay in New York, who looks like a star in the making, and they're so ready to just be like, who's the next one? We want to just improve. Just settle down a little bit. You're fine. Maybe not in terms of title contention, but it'll be a fun team. I think the other problem too with major city markets is that they do listen to their fans. They real they really yes. do listen to the fans and they don't they listen to the fans that are like we want it now, we want it now, we want it now, not the fans that are like, 
look, dude, get us a good draft, get us a good development, get us a good coach, get us like something that's you know that's going to do, help us out in the long run to win multiple titles, right? They, they they're going after the the Laker model. Yeah. Let's win it for today. Let's let's win per per right now. Yep. I was so, gonna ask which, about Arash. Speaking of that Westbrook thing, um, you know. It, there's been reports that he might come back now, especially if they yeah. can't get the healed Turner trade done. And I actually agree with them. I don't want the Jazz's bums. I don't yeah. think that makes us like they're not bums, but you know what I mean. If yeah. we get Bogdan Bogdanovich, we're not winning a championship over the Clippers, yeah. the Warriors, and the Juggernauts of the West, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, you know, you were a fortune teller because I think now it's time for the next headline. That is the next headline, <laughs> according to multiple reports. The Lakers are comfortable with Russell Westbrook on their roster. Are you guys comfortable with that? I'm not comfortable with it because I don't think the rest of the team is comfortable with it but if they really truly believe uh, what they're saying publicly that they want to make it work and they're all saying the right things and Pat Bev's saying the right thing and LeBron's saying the right thing I have not seen it I have not uh, I was really shocked that publicly when they were in Vegas and LeBron and Russell were there and they didn't even do the whole like dap up just for a second just for the optics of it Um, so listen they they are saying the right things. I'm not going to believe it until we get to day one of camp. And there they are. Pat Bev is side by side with Russell Westbrook, who's side by side with LeBron, who tried to get him traded. It's really uncomfortable. So listen, if they, for whatever reason, all of a sudden are comfortable with it, then maybe I can be. But I don't believe that they are. And because of that, I am not comfortable with it. They're yeah, right. go ahead. The, the writing is on the wall now. The Utah Jazz have Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, who they're willing to sell. Mike Conley has two years left on his deal, and that contract is not good. So if you want, if you're Utah and you want to get off of Mike Conley, just like the Lakers with Westbrook, you probably have to attach a pick, right? So if you're looking at Conley, Bogdanovich, and Clarkson for Westbrook, it probably wouldn't require two picks. It would only require one because Westbrook and Conley cancel each other out in terms of bad contracts. But here's the thing. Crap and crap. (laughs) But here's the thing. If they individually trade Bogdanovich and they individually trade Clarkson, then they can get one first round pick for each of the two. So I'm thinking they'll trade them separately, which kind, and then they can keep Mike Conley because what are they? They don't have a point guard. I mean, they're tanking anyways. So the way I look at it, the Lakers. If they don't do that, then yeah, like Brandon said, it's probably not by choice, but they probably do have to run it back. And oh. I think that's a disaster. After all it. we've said, we have spent months and months and months talking about how they can't do this, how they how they need to do something from Kyrie to Turner to the jazz stuff. And now we're stuck with Westbrook and Beverly, which by the way, from a basketball standpoint, Beverly, yeah, he shot 36-37% from three, but it's not like he's some three-point marksman. Right. That's a terrible fit in the modern NBA. It's just, it's really, really sad. You're, you're showing and me a trade right trade, now. But so let me ask you this. If they were to do the trade that you just pr- proposed, and we agree that Mike Connolly's, you know, but like he's a, he's, he's not, better than Westbrook. He's better than Westbrook. All right, so what happens with the Lakers if that's the deal that they do? How, solid team. Oh, no, solid they, team, are they? I mean, what are they? I mean, better better than having better Westbrook than there. What, 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 Los Angeles team. doesn't play for. We don't play for the yes, playoffs. We play true. for championships, right? So, like, at the end of the Not day, as of late, but yeah. oh, so oh, there there you go. Go. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we just won a championship. 
Uh, why don't you go look at our trophies because you guys have you none. Hey, you know you what? guys have none. What Zero. Have you, what have Zero. Fifty years. Sixty years. What have you done? No, you guys are an organization that is a what have you done and for me lately. And we just won. Lately. We won three years ago. Again, what have you done for me? This two is years, your organization. Two is, years ago. Yeah, this exactly. Is, this is your organization. I'm not talking about me. This is your organization that's saying, what have you done for me lately? This is a that year is by lately. year. Last time I checked no, two not. years ago is, nope. a, is very close. No, very no, most Laker fans would disagree with you. They would say, you know what? What have you done for me now? What are we? No, what are we doing a, to win this absurd. year? What are we doing? That do is absurd. I actually, I 100% agree. It is absurd. It is absurd, absurd that you guys think this way. But this we, is how how most Laker fans think, though. But it is true. I don't do the Conley Bogdan trade if I'm trying to win a championship. Right. I'd rather keep Westbrook, play out his contract, and win next year because we aren't winning anything with so Bogdan. Your thing and, and is Conley. that you're you're kind of tied up to these contracts if you do that deal. Well, no, no. or is you're is, only tied up to Conley and Clarkson, but okay. not only that. And I like Clarkson. But, but he doesn't play defense. Good. Yeah. He doesn't play defense. <laughs> it's a problem. So you're saying the team's going to suck again. <laughs> it's gonna, but we saying, suck again. It's going to suck regardless for the foreseeable future. Uh, right? You know, play play the waiting game. If the That's Pacers want to keep Turner and Heald, let them do it. Yeah. That's the only trade I'd make with Westbrook. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by a good friend, Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles. When we return on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340, or let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back visit circusports.com for details and here he is our good friend michael duarte from knbc4 in los angeles michael how are you rush i'm good i just rolled out of bed like <laughs> a fruit fly in a jar of honey so love that you know, take, taking me a little while to get up but you're, li- you're living the dream, Michael Duarte, and now we will be living the dream tomorrow at the Coliseum. USC's back, and not only is USC back, new head coach, new quarterback. Thank God for the transfer portal. You got Lincoln Riley, you got Caleb Williams, you got a top 15 team. The disaster that was last season is in our rearview mirror. Michael, uh, your thoughts on not only just tomorrow, because that, that should be a blowout if things go the way that they're supposed to go, but your thoughts on this upcoming season for USC. 
Yeah, I'm glad you asked, Rosh. And if you listen closely, you can hear the melodic tunes of the USC marching band right. and our fight song, Fight On. Uh, we even probably can hear Tusk because that is one of our <laughs> favorite USC band songs. But, uh, you know, what was interesting was uh, a couple days earlier this week, I believe on Wednesday, uh, head coach Lincoln Riley, new head coach, I might add, who has everyone excited, released his uh, 2022 depth chart. And so this is our first opportunity to really look at the position players, uh, who's going to be starting, who's going to be backup. Uh, you mentioned that this, this opening game on Saturday that you and I will both be at, at the Coliseum against Rice. Uh, I think Brandon Rice, uh, Jerry Rice's son, a transfer from Colorado, is going to have more touchdowns than all of Rice put together, but we'll see what happens. But this was my takeaway from that depth chart, Arash, and I'm wondering if you saw it and what you think. Uh, we are stacked at the skill positions, right? But USC normally is stacked at those positions, right? Quarterback, wide receiver, running back, uh, tight end even. These are positions that historically USC always has talent uh, in those areas. But when I look at like this offensive line, I like it, but it's lacking depth, meaning anybody goes down uh, and God forbid a, a season-long injury or something or, or a season-ending injury, then I don't believe we have the depth for someone to step up. And then there's more holes in that than, you know, a Swiss cheese on, a, on, a, on an Ike sandwich. Uh, next, you look at, like, the defense, right? We do have some, some talent on defense, but overall, especially the linebacker position, uh, I'm a little wary about that. I just think the defense is going to be a little bit suspect this year, especially the defensive line. I was looking at their, uh, uh, the, like, I guess their stats, their bio. There's not a single member on the defensive line over 285 pounds. Now, that might work in the Pac-12, but when you go to the Big Ten in a couple of years, when you play SEC teams, that ain't going to fly. These guys are very, very big on the other side of the ball. So I think USC is going to have to outscore people, which they have that talent and the skill position to do so. But uh, there are some things when I saw that depth chart that do worry me, and I'm just wondering what you think about it, and we can always talk about it uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, there was the one thing, you know, I was talking to fellow Trojan Brandon Deutsch, and he thinks that, that USC will put up a ton of points. His main concern and my main concern, and I think probably your main concern, is defense. I mean, this will be a lot like those Lincoln-Riley, Oklahoma Sooner teams where it'll be 50 to 42, and we the hope is that we score the 50 and the other team scores the 40. Too, but Brandon, defensively, they are yeah. not a very good defensive team. No, I mean we need to see a huge leap from uh, Corey Foreman and uh, all those guys on the defensive line, right? Need to see. I know we have some transfers. Need to see drastic improvement. But then again, if we put up fifty points per game, we could still win <laughs> ten or eleven games as long as you know no one puts up over fifty or forty, right? Quick question for you guys. Um, we all. We're, I don't know if everybody's a fan of the transfer portal, but I. 100% am. Um, do you think that in the next two years, because Lincoln Riley got a lot of great talent yeah. due to the transfer portal, right, in his very, very first year, do you think that with the transition of going into the Big Ten in two years, he's going to fill that gap defensively? I only, in two oh, years. 100%. Yeah, there's, 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 there's no, no way. way. Yeah. yeah, there's this no way. This is just a right? short-term yeah. thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. so this isn't, this isn't something to really truly be worried yeah. about, right, once you hit the Big Ten? And I'm not concerned, and, and you guys can touch on this. Lincoln Riley, I mean, just when you look at his track record in terms of quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner, so he was going to get these players. I am not concerned. More players will come, um, but it's in the short term, and it's really just this one season. Defensively, 
my view is they're not going to be as terrible as we think, hopefully, but they're going to have to score a ton of points. Well, speaking of transfer portal, Jihei, did anyone happen to see the USC transfer portal battle last night between West Virginia and Pittsburgh? Kadon Slover versus JT Daniels uh, in a game that goes down the wire that ends on a JT Daniels pick six. Uh, Not his fault, it was tipped. But um, yeah, that was pretty interesting to watch. Those are two guys who, you know, if Lincoln, if, if, if Lincoln Riley doesn't come in and take over and replace Clay Helton, could still be at USC fighting for the job at starting quarterback this season even. So uh, it's pretty funny just the way it works in this new transfer portal, how things can change so quickly. So to Jihei's point, you have the ability to turn around a team very quickly. It's like free agency in the NFL, basically, by, by doing this transfer portal. But to her point as far as can the defense be fixed, by the time they moved to the Big Ten, I would make a couple points to that argument. First and foremost, when Lincoln Riley took over Oklahoma, I believe he took over the 16th ranked offense in the entire NCAA, and it was like the 91st ranked defense. Uh, don't quote me on those numbers, but it was in those ranges. And the defense didn't improve that much. As you were noting, Arash, in his entire tenure at Oklahoma, uh, they had the offense, but it was the defense that held them back. And once they did make the college football playoff, they got blown out. Uh, by teams who were just better defensively. That is something that we hope doesn't follow Lincoln Riley here. Now, I don't necessarily think the transfer portal is going to be the key when they move to the Big Ten to get bigger, stronger guys up on the line, both offensively and defensively. I think it's going to be the lure that now you're playing the Big Ten, but living in California and in Southern California and in Los Angeles and so close to the beach with the new INL deals. I don't know if you saw Caleb Williams' new NIL deal with Beach. So, uh, that's a pretty cool uh, sponsor to have for you if you're Caleb Williams. And so I think that's going to be the lure for recruitment. I think it's going to work for Lincoln Riley yeah. to be able to recruit some of these guys coming from the Midwest, coming from the South, coming from across the country to go play at USC because you can still go play at home for half the games in front of your family in the Midwest and, and even on the East Coast in some of these games like Rutgers, for example, in Maryland. So uh, I, I think recruiting is where you're going to see him be able to improve it, not necessarily the transfer portal per se, but uh, the hope is, we know Lincoln Riley's focus is on the offense, and we know he's a master at that skill. The hope is that you can improve the defense, because the last thing I'll say is the championship teams of the USC Golden Era, Arash, built by Pete Carroll, were built around defense. It wasn't necessarily the Reggie Bushes, the Matt Leinerts, the Mark Sanchez's uh, of the world that got us those those championship titles that now hang you know in the rafters. It was the defenses by Pete Carroll that won those chips. Uh, and if we want to see USC truly rise to its glory uh, and win another championship, uh, then it's going to have to be built upon defense and that side of the ball that needs to be improved upon here in the next few years. Hey, Michael, huge, huge NBA trade yesterday involving Donovan Mitchell going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs clearly think that they can win with this group of guys surrounding the young guys, Garland, Mobley, Allen, and now Donovan Mitchell. What do you think is the ceiling for this Cavaliers team this season and, let's say, in the next five years? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and a couple things that came out of that Cavs trip. Obviously, we knew the Utah Jazz were rebuilding. They ultimately get, what was it, like four first-round picks. They got multiple first-round picks for Rudy Gobert. This is what Danny Ainge does when he comes in to take over teams. Uh, and rebuild these teams up. So uh, I like the move uh, for that. And obviously Colin Sexton uh, gets the deal that, that he wanted over there. So, I mean, you're looking at this roster, uh, Darius Garland, an all-star, 
uh, Donovan Mitchell, an all-star, Jared Allen, an all-star. I think Evan Mobley, former Trojan, by the way, uh, will be an all-star at some point. Um, so, you know, and we, let's not forget Kevin Love is still in this team. I wonder if these young guys now who are studs who are going to be in the playoffs for sure, who we forget for probably 80% of the NBA season last year, the Cavs were in the top four in the East. Uh, I wonder if that maybe revitalizes Kevin Love's career a little bit playing with these guys. But I think this is going to definitely be a playoff team. I think the next step for this team with adding Donovan Mitchell, uh, and I'm not a huge, huge fan of Spida. He's a, he's a star, but I don't know if he's a transcendent talent superstar that's going to put Cleveland over the hump uh, the way that some of the guys that we know, like LeBron James is of the world, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry's, uh, Jason Tatum. I don't know if he's in that category per se. But I think he brings Cleveland to the next step, which is now winning a playoff game uh, and advancing to the second round, perhaps even going further. Another thing I look at, though, uh, Armani, is is what what about the Knicks, right? All we heard from the day that Donovan Mitchell was available was Knicks, 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 Knicks. Even until a few days ago that the Knicks were still in talks with Utah and getting him. Now the Knicks have more problems than a math book. So I'm not sure where you go from here uh, and what the excuses are going to be, but uh, it's not good, you know, from, from the Knicks standpoint. You needed a superstar. Donovan Mitchell was the guy. You don't get it. Uh, so Cleveland gets better in the East, and the Knicks just look as confused and befuddled and poorly run as ever. Yeah, Michael, I wanted to ask you about the Westbrook reported uh, news that keeps coming out. Like they're fine bringing him back to training camp. Personally, if they have to, ma- if they can't do the Indiana trade, and they would have to make the Bogdan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, Clarkson, whatever trade, I don't think they would compete anyways. So I would just keep Westbrook and then go and compete the following year. But what are your thoughts there? Yeah, all those options on the table, and you and you and I, Brandon, have talked about this at Nauseam on this show, uh, even as a rush goes and celebrates in Las Vegas. Uh, that that essentially you don't have to necessarily pull the trigger on a Westbrook trade right now. You can see if Darvin Ham can talk the talk and walk the talk, so to speak, with his ability to believe that he can change Russell Westbrook and get him to buy in and get him to, to buy in on the defensive side of the floor and become a corner three-point shooter. I don't believe any of that. I don't think the fans really buy in or believe any of that. But if it doesn't work out, you have the ability to trade him at the, at the trade deadline, uh, if that's the case. The Bogdanovich trade is interesting. We know now that the Jazz are rebuilding. He's going to want out. I'm sure he's going to get moved. But you already made a trade with them in sending THT over there uh, and getting Patrick Beverly, which is another weird, right? Now you have the odd couple between Russell Westbrook and Pat Beverly and the reports coming out here in the last 48 hours that supposedly they met and reconciled and squashed their beef, a beef that goes back almost nearly a decade to the point where Pat Beverly was the one who injured Russell Westbrook's knee, which took a year out of his career. So I don't still think you can patch it up with a single phone call or whatever happened here. But I guess I guess they'll burn that bridge when it comes to it, right? That's the, the word I like to use on that. Um, but look, the Indiana trade's available. I saw a report out there that, that Indiana wanted THT in that deal, and, and they obviously he's no longer on the Lakers, so he can't be a part of it. Now I think if you're the Lakers, if you want that deal, you have to throw in uh, a second first-round pick. And so maybe they're going to be satisfied with, with playing the season with Westbrook and seeing what they have uh, and seeing if Anthony Davis can stay healthy. Because as we've been saying on this show, 
Uh, he is the key. He is the driver of this Ferrari uh, that, that makes this engine go. And if he's not available, if he's injured, uh, then you might as well figure out a, a different plan. But as long as Anthony Davis is healthy and you have LeBron James, it really doesn't matter the supporting cast around you as long as you know they can hit the wide open three because those are the two keys to the Lakers and, and they can make a deep playoff run with just a healthy Anthony Davis and a healthy LeBron James. So, uh, yeah, those are the three options on the table, Brandon. Trade him before the yeah. season. Trade him at the trade deadline or play out the year. I don't think you'll win a title with him on the roster, but you cut bait and you try to start over and you sign Kyrie, who will be a free agent after this year. Exactly, Michael. Now, I wanted to ask you about the Dodgers, and this is why, right? They lost a series to the Mets. I believe that was their first series loss since Washington right after the the All-Star break. That's how good the Dodgers have been. They only have, I think, three series losses. I know they've split a couple, but three series losses, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, on the year, maybe four at most. Now, this is this a preview of what could happen in a playoff series jacob Degrom dominating them maybe chris bassett dominating them or max scherzer because the dodgers now with tony gonsolin who knows when he's going to come back i know they said it's minor um you know kershaw pitched well but can he be re- relied upon to go head to head with Degrom and scherzer same with dustin may what are your thoughts here michael yeah, well, I think you are right, Brandon. That is the first series loss since that loss at Washington, probably the worst team in, in all of Major League Baseball, you can argue, back in July. Uh, obviously, they have two losses to the Pittsburgh Pirates of the second-worst record uh, in, the, in the Central and in the National League. So, uh, yeah, it seems like they lose these series to, to some of these to these bad teams, but they lost a series to a very, very, very good Mets team, a team that I have been telling people you have to worry about uh, for quite some time, especially when you have Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer 1-2 at the top of that of that rotation. And let's keep in mind here, uh, yes, the Mets didn't see Julio Arias, who I would argue is the Dodgers' ace, uh, and the man that Arash Markazi put up on the Sporting Tribune's Instagram account uh, for his number recently. So uh, they didn't get to see him, but the Dodgers avoided Max Scherzer. But when you saw these guys like Chris Bassett, Clayton Kershaw, Uh, Tyler Anderson, guys who I believe will be in a playoff rotation. We really got to see what these teams are. And one thing we learned is these teams are not separated by very much. Every game was very close. Every game you could pinpoint a single mistake. Uh, It's like that movie Match Point by Woody Allen where they flip the ring and the ring can either fall on one side or the other side and it can change the course of history. Uh, It's the same thing with this, right? One move here. And so I'm looking at at Gavin Lux, for example, today. Uh, A guy that that in my opinion is is wearing the same clothes as he was yesterday in New York because he's walking the walk of shame today. Uh, he didn't charge a ball that ended up getting Starling Marte on base, uh, and he didn't communicate with Mookie Betts on a ball that, that either of them should have caught, but they let drop between them. It ends up costing four runs total that would have got them out of an inning instead four runs score for the Mets to go on to win that game. Uh, and you could say something similar in the game they lost uh, in the second game of that series by one run. Uh, but at least I got to see Timmy Trumpet play. So that was worth it for me. But yeah, to me, that is, that is the unstoppable force meets an immovable, immovable object, right? Mets, Dodgers, probably an NLCS. You know, at one point, I think the Braves got within two games of the Mets. And I was thinking maybe I'd like to see the Braves pass the Mets. But if the Braves win the East, it would mean the Dodgers would face the Mets in a five-game series in an NLDS. And now you're talking the possibility of DeGrom Scherzer four times in five games. That, to me, is not a prospect you want if you're the Dodgers. To me, I'd rather have the Mets win the East, and then you would meet them potentially in an NLCS best of seven, 
where the Dodgers' depth has a better chance to rain out. Now, uh, to your other question, Tony Gonsolin is going to get an MRA, uh, an MRI, excuse me, here Friday morning, as is Bruce Dargraderall, who uh, went on the IL with elbow inflammation on Thursday. Those are two concerning things. We will know more by this time tomorrow. And the hope is that it is just nothing more than a little bit of tightness with Tony Gonsolin, and he'll be back and fine. Uh, and you can go into the postseason with a rotation. Uh, in my opinion, that's going to be uh, Julio Rios one. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, two, Tyler Anderson, three, and probably Kershaw, four, if he's healthy and ready to rock. Uh, and is that good enough to beat Jacob deGrom, one? I don't know. He looked amazing in, in the game that we saw him. The only person who could touch him was Mookie Betts. Uh, Max Scherzer, probably two. Uh, Chris Bassett, probably three. Or Tawan Walker, three. And Chris Bassett, four. Uh, I think we can beat Walker and Bassett. think maybe Max Scherzer's a coin flip. I don't know if they're going to be able to beat Jacob deGrom, especially twice. So that's the team that, that you're looking at uh, on the other side. And I think at this point, just looking at this and the way baseball plays out, and anything can happen. But I think right now that matchup is inevitable. Uh, and I think the Dodgers really need to shore some things up, especially in the bullpen and especially on, on the defensive side of the ball. This last road trip was not good defensively. Uh, and, and I'm looking right at Gavin Lux especially in that Mets series. Uh, Michael, last two minutes with you here. Um, listen, Rams begin the season on Thursday, raising the championship banner. You got some information on what that night will be like. Again, uh, they won the Super Bowl there at SoFi, and now they begin the season there at SoFi. What can fans expect, uh, you know, but basically six days from now when the season begins? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, first and foremost, what Rams can expect on that NFL opening night kickoff, there will be a J Balvin concert for all you Latino fans out there uh, in Long Beach. If you want to go see a, a free concert with J Balvin, that's going to be awesome. You have the 2021 Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, and Rams enthusiast Andrew Whitworth, who will also be in the broadcast booth this <laughs> year for Amazon Prime. He will be out there with Rams owner Stan Kroenke in the south end zone uh, uh, meeting fans, showing off uh, the celebration for winning the trophy. Some members of the Watts Rams, the youth football program that had uh, young players at the Super Bowl themselves, they will be on the field for the game. But more importantly, every fan in attendance will get a little small uh, Super Bowl 56 champions banner, and they will actually reveal the banner on the, the, the video canopy roof uh, that's above the stadium which we'll all hopefully see from the, uh, what do they call that, Rosh, the Infinity Board, the Oculus. Hopefully yeah, we'll be able to the see Oculus, it from yeah, there, right. which wasn't working in that Chargers preseason. <laughs> exactly. Game, right? Yeah, I know. So hopefully it's working for the banner unveiling, I'll say that. But most and foremost, what fans can watch for is that this game will be on our network, NBC, right. and streamed on Peacock. You will be seeing me there before the game on the field. Um, so it's going to be pretty exciting. And if you are in attendance, get there early yeah. get there by like 4 30 so you can get that championship any championship banner in your seat and you can be there for the entire ceremony because this might be the last time you see them celebrate this past super bowl at least in the near future because it, all eyes will be on trying to be the first team to repeat since that 2003 2004 patriots team Exactly. Wow. I can't wait, Michael. Finally, football. Week one of college football, the beginning of the National Football League. Uh, we will talk with you soon. I will see you tomorrow at the Coliseum. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.